Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter, copy strategist, and founder of Copyworks. Join me each week as I speak with experts in the fields of marketing, copywriting, decision-making, psychology, and more, all with one goal, to help you attract your ideal customers and inspire them to take action. My guest today is Jeremy Lubar. Jeremy is the Chief Personalization Officer at CoinFlip Marketing. His goal is to humanize the prospecting and customer experience through personalization. So Jeremy is, he said he's a family man first. He has four children. He's a big baseball and college football fan. And he's addicted to buying and selling baseball, football, and basketball cards on eBay. He says he goes, he spends about five hours a week. I almost said a day. That's even a lot for, for the most avid addict. And so in today's podcast episode, Jeremy talks about why is cold calling and cold emailing dead? What does it take to build lifelong relationships? And why are most people approaching gift strategizing wrong? And I have a lot of questions for him on this. So let's jump right in. Hey, Jeremy, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm excited for our conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I love this whole topic. I actually heard about you, Coda August on LinkedIn. Coda's the man. I I owe him a referral fees. (laughs) He mentioned you, and I had not been aware that you were out there to know anything about your business. And I love the whole reciprocity the whole idea, because it's one of those behavioral science things where we are very, it's really hard to resist that sort of thing. When somebody gives you something, hey, I'm going to pay for your lunch, you can get me next time kind of thing. Um, but I wanted to know, how did you get started like coin flip marketing? How did that come about? And how did you even get into that line of work? My background, I'm a retired 15 call a year sales rep, uh, both inside, outside sales, SDR, account executive type thing. It was called internal outside sales in my world. But when actually when I got promoted from inside to outside sales rep, uh, I lived in Chicago. They promoted me to Minnesota. And actually, I was inside sales rep calling on Minnesota. So I already kind of had a brand name. People knew who I were. It was fairly easy to get meetings. There were still people I couldn't get meetings with. But I grew my business just based off of because people knew who I was and got some referrals and that part. Uh, sorry for anybody listening to this on Minnesota. Minnesota was not the place for our wife and I. It is too dang cold up there. Um, <laughs> and being where you located, Linda, I'm assuming you don't like it either. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't for us. So we actually went to go work for a friend. Uh, some people down in St. Louis, some people say, well, yeah, it's it's still a heck of a lot more than Minnesota. But I was covering Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, part of Southern Illinois, big, massive territory. But here's the thing, Linda, I couldn't get meetings with the top people I wanted to get meetings with. And that's when I started to hire a coach. I started reading. And, and really kind of the two influential things was like I worked with a guy named Rob Shore, who's an external wholesaler coach or coach people like me in my business. And he really kind of taught me to bring up this creativity. And at the same time, I got introduced to this guy named John Ruland in his book, Gethology. And I really kind of took what these two coaches taught me and started to kind of create my own personalized outreach and I had gone from call it 23rd out of 24th out of the sales place to number two at 18 months in my business. Wow. Uh, from a business no one knew me. I didn't know the products. I didn't know anybody. All by using personalized outreach. And that's really all I kind of came from. I actually did this as a sales rep, outside sales rep for five years. 
uh, grew my territory to top territories in pretty much everywhere I went. And then in 2019, just like probably many people listening to this call, uh, I got a call from a manager. Your territory has been cut. We no longer need your services. It sucked. And then they told me it was going to cost me to pay to go away. I was like, oh, I should do this more often. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but so, and then I started my business in 2019. I launched Quinflip Marketing. The idea is we help sales reps, business owners get the attention of their hard to reach prospects all through the art of personalization. And what's really unique about us from Linda and I, you know, I talked about before this call is we hardly use the channels that most people use, LinkedIn, email, phone. We do everything through direct mail. And what I found is that direct mail, your inbox or your mailbox, I should say, is way less crowded than your inbox or your DM uh, or your voicemail. And it, it just tends to work because when's the last time you got something in the mail that was personalized directly to you, Linda? Uh, my guess is you've never gotten it. If you have, you can remember exactly probably to the date what it is and who sent it to you, right? That's why it works. Yeah. I think I mentioned here because I, I, uh, I donate to like a lot of animal wel- welfare sort of things. It's my mm-hmm. thing. I volunteered at different places. And so I get bombarded. And I had this one, and I mentioned this to you, I think in a, a DM on LinkedIn, that I had this, got this envelope full of, it, I got socks, um, a mm-hmm. calendar. Calendar and stamps are the ones that are the, they have like the return address labels. Those are the typical things. But this was above and beyond that. Like, what in the world is this? I'd never gotten socks from like a, it was not the Humane Society, but it was one of those organizations. And, you know, I did send them another donation, but I mean, I'm always sending donations to them. So it's not like they really had to do that, but it definitely caught my eye. The envelope is big because isn't that one of the things that, that they call a lumpy envelope or something? Yeah. So we either it's lumpy is one of the things we try to teach people, whether you do it yourself or you hire us to do or a kind of odd color box you know, a yellow box, orange box, a green box. So it's not just like this gray or white box. It's what, what, it, what, hold on a second. Someone sent me a yellow, what's in the yellow box? Yeah, like who, who sent me this? Um, and two, and two part of what we do is when you, when you hire our business to do it for you is, you know, we have a whole fulfillment center that we utilize. Like it's not just the gift and the card that we put inside. Like, it's kind of an unboxing experience too. We use higher, bo- higher quality boxes, higher quality packaging, you know, we can, we can customize the box. I mean, you can spend $25 per box if you want to. I don't, I don't think you need to go that far out of bounds, but like you, you, you can and it works. So, well, my big question for you is now we're going to talk about cold um, emailing and why, it, why it's dead. And, but at what point do you send something? Is it before you have made contact with the person? Like, so for example, now I'm, I'm always sending outbound just, and I feel like a lot of it is like the timing. And I do inbound as well. But when do you send something? Because if like you've never had any contact with that person, do you send it or do you wait until they you've contacted them and then it's been a while since you heard from them? In both scenarios, honestly, I always tell people if I've never had contact with that person or you never had contact with that person. So let's say it's me reaching out to you, Linda, just assume they've never seen your email. They've never seen your voicemail. They've never seen your name. Now you can joke about it. Like, hey, you might recognize my name in the copy, but like, just assume that they haven't and go from there. Now, on the flip side, maybe you've had a few conversations with Linda and Linda's ghosted you. Perfect time to send it. It's all really kind of about creating an experience. Like the sales rep's different. This business is different. They're approaching it from a different angle. Um, they got my attention. It's all about me. They listen to me. They pay attention to me. And, it, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but it really kind of plays into the psychology of why this works. 
And I always quote this book. And every time I do a podcast or really kind of talk to anybody, we get into the psychology is Dale Carnegie talked about his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, 100 plus years ago when the wealthiest man's ever walked the planet. You know, if you show people you care, show people you listen, show people you're interested in them, and you build relationships for life because they're like, wow, this person actually really cares about me. And then what we try to teach them is like, what'd you learn about, Linda? Now let's actually use that information you learned about Linda to your advantage. So whether it's going on Linda's website and find out that she loves the ski, or Linda told us she loves the ski from some conversations, we take that and we use that to your advantage, or you should use that to your advantage. Except I've never skied, but if I did. Yeah, I'm just throwing it. Yeah. <laughs> But well, and that's the thing. That's a that's a different Linda as well. <laughs> There's a lot of Lindas around there. Yes, but when it comes to like getting the information, I know there's sites you can find email addresses. Now, is it easy to find a, a somebody's address? Do you just send to a business, or do you send to like a home address? Yeah, so it, it really kind of comes down to your comfortability, right? I'm fine with sending to home addresses. Uh, I think especially people who are in roles uh, up the food chain who now work remote realize the world we live in. Um, you, I understand people's uncomfortability with that. Like, I really don't want to send someone this home address. And you know what? You send 100 packages, you might upset that person, one out of 100. But the, the benefits you get from all the other people who respond and find the fun and the connections you're trying to create are going to outweigh that one person who gets upset at you. And guess what? That one person probably wasn't going to work with you anyways. And they weren't going to respond to your cold calls, cold emails, and LinkedIn direct messages anyways. So um, <laughs> go on. life goes on, right? But yeah, it's it's a little bit harder to find uh, people's addresses, but we typically send a business this. There are tools to find addresses. Um, I use a tool called AI Identified. Um, there's a company called Revenue Roll. I know it's pretty good. Zoom info can find addresses. Now, you, sometimes you do have to do something like, okay, Linda says she's in Phoenix on LinkedIn or in her home office says she's in Los Angeles. Just kind of maybe do a little bit digging to trying to find out which location Linda's actually in and do some more research. But yeah, it's it's possible to find the addresses. Are you going to be 100% all the time? No, it's, it's not possible. But Because I use uh, Alicia for like emails. I just started, but I'm still kind of trying to find my way around. But that's emails and phone and no one answers their phone anymore. And that's not something I would imagine that you want to start with anyway. So are you saying that cold calling and, and cold emailing, do you feel it's dead? And this is why this, uh, what you do and your, your um, strategy works better? I hate to use the word dead because I do think for certain industries, it does work. Um, I would say for the majority, it doesn't. And the problem and the reason why I would say it is almost dead is most people are lazy with it. They're going to use chat GPT. They're going to send the 10,000 people. They're going to assume Linda has the same problem as Jeremy. Um, they're going to mail merge their name in their company name and position it. And all looks, smells, tastes the same, right? It's all the same crap. You can go into your LinkedIn and your email inbox. You look at the last 50 emails and say, 80% of this is kind of the same with insert product, my features here, right? I do believe if you're willing to take the time and personalize emails, and we do teach that with my clients who can't afford to kind of send gifts and do gifts, like how to do set personalized emails, how would you send an email? Because that's your only avenue, but you're going to get a way better response rate if you do personalized emails versus just blasted out the 10,000 people. So I wouldn't say it's dead. Why I do think it works what we do, and it goes back to my early comments, is not that many people are getting fun packages in the mail every day. Right. If ever. 
And you're one of maybe five things that show up in their inbox or mailbox that day versus 350 emails they got, 27 Slack messages, whatever their communication is, like it's just noise them and they're not paying attention to it. Yeah. That's why it's just way less busy than cold uh, email, LinkedIn messages, et cetera. But what is it about getting something and the reciprocity? Like, how, why does that work so well? Yeah, you can call it reciprocity. I, I call, like the K, call it more like it, it, you actually took the time and showed people you cared and did the research. But it does kind of create reciprocity because when you do something like this for them and they respond in a positive way and you finally get to talk with them one-on-one, so let's say me, I'm reaching out to you and I send a personalized package. Like I actually get the full 15, 30 minutes, whatever time I scheduled with you, I need your attention because of that. And that's what most sales wants reps in the top of the funnel is more conversations with the right people. That's all you're looking for. And that's what we try to do is we try to fill out that top of funnel uh, with the right qualified people using this approach, but actually giving you the time that what happens. Okay, Linda, what's up? What do you got? five seconds, you give your pitch. Oh, well, Linda must be really interested. Linda's really not interested just because she picked up the phone and said, yeah, it sounds like I'm something. And you put them on a 15 email sequence and she never responds, right? That's not, it's not a qualifier. Like you actually get the qualifying, ask the questions. And you know, that's where the art sales come into once we get Linda on the phone and get their attention. But that's a different conversation over time. But that's really why it works. You actually get the reciprocity. You get Linda's attention when you do this for her. Now, there's a couple different approaches like for me so i'm a individual entrepreneur so i can't I, I don't know what you charge but i assume i probably you're bigger than what i need for you know the the clients i'm looking for what are some suggestions for somebody like me and, and what do you usually recommend for like a company to start like where do you even start to, to yeah find, like yeah so it doesn't have to be a gift yes gifts work way better than just sending cards but for like $250 a month, you could probably send out 200 personalized cards. So I teach people how to use a tool called Mailbox Power. What's great about it is number one, you can automate and kind of personalize a card with mail merge. So you can actually like Photoshop their name on the front of the card. Uh, you can Photoshop their name on anything. And it actually looks like you personalized the card directly towards LinkedIn. LinkedIn right? Yeah, I talk about yeah. LinkedIn all the time. Like yeah. you can pop in 200 people's names, can put their name on it and... Like this didn't get the typical 30 to 50% response ratios we did for a client, but I got them a 14% response ratio with people that never pick up the phone or respond in emails. So he was more than happy because he went from less than 1% to 14% and it cost them, I don't know the total dollar amount it was, like 275 bucks. It wasn't, didn't break the bank. So a lot of that's what we do too, but for like, for like solopreneurs or people getting started or, hey, I have a little bit of a budget, but not a big budget, like... That's where I tell them, like, you need to start sending personalized cards to get these people's attention. And, you know, if they don't respond to the first one, you send another one. If they're that important to you, like, build out a cadence. And so when you do finally pick up the phone, like, hey, Linda, it's Jeremy Blueball over Quinflip Marketing. I'm the guy who's been sending you all those crazy cards the last few months. I hope you've gotten them. And hopefully Linda's like, yeah, I've gotten them. I hope you appreciate it. I'm busy. Those are fun. They made me laugh every single time. You got my attention. And that's all you're trying to do. Um, right. So... And I think now with AI and everything being so automated, it's doesn't it seem like it's more important than ever, like just building these kinds of relationships? Yeah, and it's going to continue to get, it's 
they said at the beginning of this year, they averaged 340 or 347 billion emails are going to be sent daily. I'm assuming it's going to be over 400 billion with AI this year. My guess in three years, it's going to be 500 billion emails. Like it's coming. And if you think your email is noise now, in two to three years, it's it's not even going to be landing in people's inbox. Like it's right. going to be done, in my opinion, because it's going to get filtered out. There's going to be some company builds out like, hey, did AI send this email and just delete it? Right. Some actually, that's so Lenny and I. That's what you should I build an email AI blocker tool. You know, sell it to Google um, and be billionaires. There we go. It's not a billionaire. Doing it. I saw, I'm a big sci fi movie fan, and I was watching this trailer yesterday for some movie. I don't know when it's coming out, but it's when AI has has figured out how to set off a nuclear bomb that destroyed like half of the planet. And I'm like, this is where we're heading. It starts with email, right? And then you end up like blowing up like half the universe. It's, Boy, it's just really not personal at all. I'm a fan of AI on certain things. I think I'm going to automate tasks and roles and yeah. do a lot of really cool things. And the thing about AI, and actually I know Coden talks about this on his LinkedIn, who introduced this, is like AI is only good to the person operating the AI. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the old adage data, crap data in, crap data out. Right. If you just go on the chat GPT and type, send, make me a cold email for Linda, it's going to, first of all, shoot like eight paragraphs. Right. Like I played around with it just to see like what it does. But if you're like, hey, create me a fun, witty, creative email for Linda. We know this about Linda. Like it can get you there 80%. You still got to humanize it, but like you're at least way better there than most emails. But here's the thing. That is not uh, we scalable. Like people don't want to do that. Like it's, I'll just sit, send the 10,000 emails and hopefully two people respond. But people don't sit back and say, well, for 980, whatever, I'm terrible at math. You know what I'm talking about too didn't respond like how many people they actually really burned and got blocked from their inbox simply by just sending a crappy email through spam through ai and you're really kind of killing your deal flow by doing that because you're never going to be able to reach them now so right just burn that bridge one yeah yeah the most viral carousel actually probably the most viral post this year so far for me has been one on 21 marketing it was 21 words and phrases to get rid of I forget how I worded it. It was it was smart at the time. Now I can't think of it. But it's like 21 words and phrases to never use in your marketing. And it was all about marketing speak. And I actually asked AI to tell me what are the marketing words that are overused. And that's so I broke it down. And what are the most, you know, they're just things you hear all the time. And the thing is, AI is only pulling from what's out there already. And so it doesn't, it doesn't originate anything. It just repeats. So it's the same, you know, next level and it, like words that just don't mean anything, you know, to really, but people, people think that that's good enough and they use it and it's just getting worse, you know, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think what you're doing is probably well, going to be more. Well, so there's like, I mean, there's actually like a, I don't know if you want to call it an AI tool. Like, I don't know if you heard of Lavender, but like, I'm assuming that some type of AI because they help you write the email. I think they do more like an email grady. That's like really cool. I mean, we don't send cold emails, so it's not a tool for me, but anybody's looking to send cold emails, I'm like, hey, use that tool because it's really phenomenal. Uh, or like Reggie.ai, they help you kind of do the same thing. Like these are two really good tools that kind of help you get more open rates through email. But once again, it's not scalable. So like go great. Like, well, that, hey, that email is a two of 10 or whatever. Lavender does it. Like, don't send it. Okay, well, I'm not going to send it. Let's get it better. So make sure Linda actually might read that email. So. And the thing that AI can't do is what you're doing, which is getting personalized 
really thinking. And, you know, I've said this so many times in so many posts that we make decisions based on emotion. And oh, yeah. even the most logical person, research shows this part of our brain that when it's not functioning right, that it does, if it takes out emotion, we can't make decisions. So even though, you know, we'll justify that decision or that purchase with logic, emotions is what drives that. So when you send something that strikes a chord with a person, like, oh, wow, you know, they actually did a little research on me. It, it triggers some kind of emotion, whether it's like flattery or, I mean, does it ever backfire? Like, From my knowledge, I've only had it backfire twice. Same sales rep. We did, I think, like 15 mailers. This guy, individual, got 13 needs out of the 15. He got two, like, leave me alone, don't send me this. I don't appreciate this. And after kind of the conversation, we found out that it was kind of like, oh yeah, those, those two guys a year ago or these two people we reached out to told me never to send them stuff again. So it's kind of wrong on the sales rep to kind of send them stuff again. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure we've upset some of them before and they just didn't respond. And oh, well, but listen, like, okay, we've probably done over 10,000 10, of these now. So I have two examples where we know the person got sales rep, but we're obviously we're told not to send it to them. Let's say it's 1%. That's a hundred people. We've opened over 5,000 doors for people. 5,000 to 100? Yeah. I'll take that all day long. That's a pretty good ratio. Yeah. But it, it do, but it is human psychology. They get stuck on this one person they might have upset. We um, right? Yeah, right? And it's just, it's human nature, right? But like, like here, here, I'll read this. I just got this today from a client. This is part of like more of an enterprise sales team I'm working with, um, where we're doing all their outbound research for them. It's all personalized cards with personalized gifts. And after doing the research for this sales rep, we found out one of our prospects loved the sale. I think it's sailing, right? Um, all yeah, sailing. So he actually reached out to her, the sales rep, and gave her a nice email and says, hey, you sent me a very nice book, by the way. I just want to say a special thanks for our lovely gift. As you probably know, I've been sailor for the past 25 years. And while I've sailed a few of those places, there are certainly a number that I have not. I'm not sure if you've seen the book or not, but the sailors regard desk scaling. Daydream of your desk and researching places to sail during the next trip, season, or vacation. It's one of the greatest pastimes between sailor seasons. This will certainly be part of the required reading between sailing seasons. Much appreciation. Happy to connect at some point next week and the week after that is pretty decent. Thanks again, Chris. Like this guy wrote a paragraph to the sales rep on his own before she even followed up. That's like right. that's, because she struck a chord, right? right? This person is so passionate about sailing and you doubled down on that. And that's that's the point of this. Like it, it, it works because of that. Everybody has a Netflix show. Everybody has a baseball team or whatever the case may be they cheer for. It. If you can find out what they're passionate about, like we almost, if someone says on their website, they're very passionate about something, it's very hardly we get a response or they don't get a meeting from them. It gets a little bit harder when you got to dig pretty deep to find something. Um, but yeah, it's, and we get examples like that all the single time. Like, I, I think we even got one one time, I remember like two years ago, this guy who sent this email is like, whenever you can meet me, come see me whenever you want. We'd be absolutely crazy not to meet with you after that package. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of examples of some of the things that you have had? Yeah, so... Yeah. So once again, everything we do is highly personalized. So it really kind of comes down to what we find out about the individual. So to my point, if it's golf, like we created a highly customized golf card that goes with the golf gift. 
and the golf gift could be personalized scorecard keeper, personalized divot tool, personalized golf towel. It doesn't really matter at that point, but it's everything we do is personalized. So we'll have the recipient's initials on it, recipient's name on it. And, you know, on the card would be maybe their name Photoshop on the master scorecard or scoreboard and another picture or maybe the golf course that's local to them. And then there's note and that's what we do. Or let's say someone's a huge Boston Red Sox fan. Like we're going to buy them a personalized Boston Red Sox gift and have a Boston Red Sox themed card. And we'll Photoshop their picture on the front of the newspaper, Wall Street Journal, say number one Red Sox fan or something like that. So yeah, we have a whole team. So if someone sends us an order, I have a person that like does all the research on everyone, finds out, goes to Google, Facebook, not Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, their website, scans like a podcast tool, see if they've ever been on a podcast. You know, if we're targeting up the market, like we'll have them read like uh, go to websites and try to see if they've ever been interviewed by you know, someone, see if they say anything in those interviews, et cetera. And then it goes to my other team and they create all the cards and get the gift of foundations and stuff. Uh, I just kind of run the business now, but I still enjoy getting into the weeds and do that every once in a while. It's fun. I did the one cold email that I sent that landed my biggest client ever was when I did that kind of in-depth research. Like I really dug into all the news that was going on with this particular company. I found, well, the first thing was I found a disconnect in their marketing and their, it was a subscription that we were getting to the house that I went on the website and there was, the messaging was completely different. And so I targeted the president, but a lot of this, and he did respond and I, I got a, a small project, but it ended up being an enterprise company. It was just too big for just an individual like myself because I couldn't wait three months between emails to find out what was going on. But he said, he goes, I never respond to these kind of emails, but he said, it was clear you did your research and it was a funny email, but that took me forever to do. So it makes sense. You have a team and you can kind of delegate, you know, it's, it's easier that way. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I actually, when I first started CoinFlip, which was just me, there was no, I was doing everything. And about six months, maybe in, maybe a year, I don't remember how long it was. I met a guy. Um, he's still my coach now. He he works within like the E Myth coaching model. I don't know if you've ever read the E Myth. Anybody's a solopreneur or business needs to read the E Myth by Michael Gerberter. And I was actually reading it again because I'd read it many years ago as I kind of thought about creating a business. And I was reading, I get an outreach from him, kind of a generic one. I still give him a hard time about it. I'm like, he kind of got lucky that I was rereading the E Myth at that time because I probably wouldn't have responded. And then we did a call and he kind of walked me through. I walked through my business model and looked at me and said, Jeremy, like, frankly, like you're, and you're, you're going to be miserable. I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for motivation. Thanks for predicting the future for me. Um, he's like, no, like you're growing, you have a great business idea, but in a year from now, you'll probably maybe double your income, but you're going to be working double the time because you don't have any systems in place to outsource it. So he's like, take a week off, look at your whole business, work, can you systemize? And then start any, interviewing as many VAs as you possibly can. I interviewed 10. I work with a company called Smart VAs. They're the best. Uh, anybody's looking for a VA, look at them. And the reason why I say that is I hate all these companies that say, oh, well, Linda, she's your VA and she can do everything. I'm like, Linda can do everything. Linda's got a lot of good skills, but I know Linda can't do everything. And you, you buy our... Other uh, oh, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all the Lindas in Phoenix, uh, can, in Arizona, can do um, it all, right? Uh, I was going to say like, but they, if you buy hours from them and you can pick and choose where you delegate those hours. So if you need help with your website, you have a website person. If you need admin help, 
you need whatever, right? You just direct it to the right person on your team yeah. and they do it for you. And then, but it's what works about that is all the SOP. We're kind of going down a different rabbit hole right now, but I think it's important because I think having systems that do this places is why we can get it done because most people, once they see the amount of work that it takes to do what we do, they just shut down. Like that seems like too much work. And that's what always happens. Um, right. Right. It is a lot. Well, if somebody, um, what, what uh, suggestion would you give to a company that, or even an individual that wants to do more personalized marketing like this? Like, what are some of the tips that you would? I mean, tip number one, you got to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Step one. Step one, I know. Um, first, it's, it's really, so this type of outreach that we try to do is, once again, it's all about segmenting. So you got to know who you're prospecting. You need to know who your ideal client profile is. And once you know who that ideal client profile, it's even getting more granular with that. Like who in, let's say it's a list of a thousand people that you want to target, Linda. Like who in that thousand, call 50 or 100, that if you know you've got a meeting, close them, changes your life, changes your business, changes your sales career. Mm -hmm. Who is that 100? Now, you might be really sales, you don't know who that is. You kind of take your best guess at it. That's who you start to do this stuff with. It's not for every thousand. You go insane doing it for a thousand people. Just, it's impossible. And then you take it by bite-sized chunks. So let's a hundred. Okay. Well, I'm going to personalize an email three a day until I get all, all hundred of them. I'm going to personalize a car three a day, like baby chunks to get it down. And we, we post every day on LinkedIn about this stuff and how to personalize certain things. I have a newsletter, but that's how you do it. You have to really know who you're going to do this for. Because if you sit there and look at a thousand people, it's not going to happen. You've got to dissect that down to a very small limited number. I would say 100 is probably too much. 50 is probably a good starting point. And then maybe it's one a day for 50 days and try it. Okay. And yeah. here's the thing. Don't discourage when you send three and they don't respond. Like you send three. It's a very small sample size. Like <laughs> I was going to say, and a lot of times it is the being at the right, you're just hitting them at the right time. You know, especially mm -hmm. now a lot of companies are undergoing a lot of changes. And so- you know, it's, it, it just seems harder, you know, you have to kind of get in that, that loop. Like a, a couple of times that I've sent totally cold emails, like one was that company, they just happened to be redoing their website. And so they had a need. He said, normally I wouldn't have responded. So even if it's a great idea, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to respond. But I think, you know, as you've proven, I mean, chances are, are greatly increased. Well, here's the thing though. I mean, go a little bit deeper on that. So even if Think about it. you have one approach. You can just bombard them with a sales automation tool, right? And send emails that they're never going to read, never create an experience, never really be memorable to them. Or you can send these personalized emails to this targeted 50 people and you maybe every 50 days you start it again. And so over the next six months, this prospects get seven, well, I'm terrible math. I'm from the state of Indiana. Sorry for anybody from Indiana. Like um, get seven emails from you, but they're all fun. They make the person chuckle. They read them. Um, you now create an experience with that person. Now they might have a little bit of an idea of what you do because they go research you, find out who you are, they look up you online. And you know what? When it comes time to buy, they might think of you. Right. And you're so much farther ahead because you took actually the road less travel mm -hmm. and just sitting there sending a 10 email sequence with phone call crap that's not going to get you anywhere. So that's, that's to the part. Like it's just because they don't respond right now doesn't mean that email didn't resonate or the package didn't resonate. It just means probably right now, not right now. Right. Like lurkers on LinkedIn. A lot of times people don't say anything and they pop up in your DMs and like, Hey, I've been following you. And you're like, <laughs> they don't even like, or, you know, comment on yep. 
I mean, like, what, like they said, like ninety eight percent of people don't ever comment or like anything. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. I would say eighty five percent of my clients on LinkedIn have never commented or liked any of my stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you post some cool stuff, so that's that's funny. But where can people find you? Clearly on LinkedIn, and where else can they? Yeah, so we have a website, coinflipmarketing.com. I mean, those are really the two places I hang out. I hang out on LinkedIn. I've debated going into other channels, you know, Instagram, TikTok. I've posted a few. I just, I don't know. I just stick to LinkedIn and that's it. Those are really the two places. You can obviously email me, uh, jeremy at coinflipmarketing.com. Feel free to reach out to me, text me, 574-360-3431. If you have any questions about personalization or outreach, we're always open to a good conversation about it. I hope you can tell that we have a little bit of passion behind it. So that's that's where I hang out. But mainly LinkedIn. And then too on LinkedIn, there is a a link to our newsletter that we post every Wednesday at 745. It's usually on some ideas about prospecting or cold outreach or whatever we're thinking about that week. I'll put all that in the show notes too. So people will yeah, thank you. Easily find it. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. It's been a lot of fun. I love this topic and you gave such great information that um, I'm sure everyone's going to really appreciate it. So thanks. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Linda. And that is a wrap of today's episode. I hope you found some actionable advice that you can use to help you improve your copy conversions. And for even more copywriting exclusive tips, be sure to click the link in the show notes to sign up for my weekly newsletter so you don't miss a beat. And as always, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review. It really helps me out. Talk again soon.